All right, everybody, welcome back to the third episode of Turnovers with Alyssa. My name is Alyssa, and this week I am joined by the wonderful, the ever so talented, and just fantastic of a human, uh, Anne Tukarski. How's it going, Anne? It's great. How's it going with you? I'm good. I'm really stoked to have you on. Like, really, really excited. Oh, I'm stoked to be on. I feel like the last two episodes, like including this one, I've had two of my like close friends on. I'm like, oh, this is great. It's just a conversation with a friend, which is cool. Um, But not only is it a conversation with a friend, but it's a conversation with a really talented and cool human being that's done a lot in women's hockey and just the sports world in general. Um, So I'm looking forward to chatting and getting to know maybe some things that I don't necessarily know about you already. Cool. I'm excited to share things that... (laughs) Maybe you don't necessarily know about me, but maybe even I don't know about me. (laughs) That's all right. It's a learning experience. Maybe I'll learn some stuff about myself that I also don't know. Um, But yeah. All right. Uh, So Anne, if you don't know Anne, I don't know where you've been in the women's hockey world, but that's okay. Uh, Welcome. Uh, Anne is, she's been a writer. She's been a video editor. She's been a social media contributor. Um, you've done social media work for um, the ECAC. 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 Got it. That's so many like similar letters together. Um, <laughs> saying typing it's one thing. Saying it out loud hard. Um, done I stuff mean, as with- long as you don't. As long as you don't call it the ECAC, because like yeah, that's- I'd kind of judge you if you did. I would never. <laughs> It's just ECAC. It's okay. It's My parents ECAC. Would always, I, like, they would always be like, oh, like the, ho- the college hockey thing, right? And I'd be like, yeah. It's like, okay. close. It is what it is. So it's like, it's yeah. not too far from it. <laughs> um, not done like work every with other them. <laughs> They're all letters. They just all mush together. Um, did some work with the whale uh, in the uh, formerly known as the PHF. Um, done numerous amounts of uh social media work and written work for the ice garden and some video work with them if anyone remembers some of your um get to know the pa well i think at the time it was get to know the nwhl because it wasn't the phf at the time and then you also did one for the pwhba and you've done some video work for them um so you've done a whole bunch of stuff within sports and women's hockey also worked for the mlb in a seasonal role at one point um you've done some work in men's hockey what was the league that the cougars were in uh it's the united states premier hockey league it is a tier three junior hockey league uh men's obviously um and it's so it's tier three um tier one in the u.s is like the ushl um which i guess is like the american equivalent ish like there's like debates about that um to like the chl the ohl everything and then below that is there's some honestly tier two is the one i'm least familiar with but it's i worked in tier three so that's that's nice. really which all was the cougars right know. was the name yeah yeah chicago cougars awesome. it's chicago really cougars. fun i was there for i think two years yeah and you did some great work for them, I remember, following along with it. I had no idea what the team was, but I was like, the social media looks great, so I'm a fan. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and then now you're kind of a little bit on the outskirts of the women's hockey world, just with the way that life has gone and everything in the women's hockey world has gone. Um, but obviously, more importantly, a fan, but also just like you love the sport and you're here and you're uh, hanging out with me, which is exciting. I'm excited. Um, 
<laughs> schooling. I want to know like exactly what you studied, where you studied, like what, what did that look like for you uh, after high school? Yeah. So I think anyone who follows me could probably have guessed where I spent the first two years of, um, you know, post-secondary or college, I guess. I don't know. I know in Canada, college and university are different things, but they're like really not here. Um, yeah, it's, but I went it's to two much universities. Different, but. <laughs> um, the, my first two years, I was at Ohio State University, or sorry, the Ohio State University. As every time I bring it up, someone mentions that, and I'm like, no one actually says that, but okay. Um, I was there. I studied uh, strategic communication, which is essentially just general communication. Um, it's a lot of like communication theory. It's not as much like, you know, like communication like in an organizational setting. Um, and after two years there, I did transfer to be closer to home. I went to the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. And I know people who are in Canada probably don't know where that is. It is like sent like east central, central east Illinois. So it's like halfway down the state on like the east side, close to Indiana. Um, it is genuinely in the middle of nowhere. You kind I'm of like just smiling and like smirking. Like <laughs> I know exactly where you're talking about. I have no idea, but that's okay. You just like you drive south for literally like two hours south of Chicago. It's like cornfields, and then all of a sudden a university appears. Um, Fair enough. And that's where I went for two years. Um, I graduated in May with my bachelor's degree in communication. Um, they just called it communication. It wasn't strategic. It was just communication. Um, and I got a minor in public relations, which was probably like my favorite thing I've done. I guess I don't know. I t I only had to take like. 15 or 18 credit hours to get the minor and it was they were like the most interesting classes I took there um and now I am currently pursuing a master's degree in strategic brand communication which is more exciting than just regular communication um and that's still at the University of Illinois it's uh an online part-time program um and it's been really fun so far I'm in my third week um I'm already learning a lot it's really fun it's a lot of talk about like branding and um advertising with a little bit of like business thrown in it's it's really exciting it's really interesting it's like I don't know I'm one of those people that I think like school is so much more interesting when it's like stuff you're actually interested in and which like sounds obvious but like I don't know That's when true. I was just sitting in like when I was like sitting in like a gen ed like math class I was like I hate my life um but then I got to do stuff I actually like cared about and that was that, that made it fun Oh, yeah, absolutely. I had a similar experience with my school. I was, like you said, university and college are very different here than they are there. But I was in university and university here is very much like in a lecture hall. Like it's kind of boring. Like it's very book heavy. But then I dropped out, went to college, which is very hands on. And I enjoyed that much better than what I was doing. Um, so I get that entirely. Um, I had no idea you already started your master's. I thought it was like starting in like like September. That's exciting. Third week. Jeez. Yeah. So actually like a ton of my friends from Illinois are the grade below me. So they're all seniors this year. Um, and their school started this week and literally like two weeks ago, like literally like the, the Friday before my classes started, I was like, Oh, like I still have two weeks of summer left. And then I, I got an email and it was like, classes start on Monday. And I was like, uh -huh, what? But like, oh, that's brutal. I, I mean, it's like asynchronous and like, um, all online so it was like it really wasn't that big of an issue because it's basically just okay now that it starts two weeks earlier than I thought like I just have to like log on to like our management system class man class online classroom 
and just like do work and like watch lecture videos like it was it okay, really was so it's like, not like static times where you like show up to a zoom class yeah, yeah. Oh, which is nice. is nice and it's like it's not like i had to move anywhere like i'm still at yeah. home so i could just like open my laptop and like go to class even though there i I, didn't, I wasn't going anywhere like i wasn't there's like a live component um but it's during a very busy time of day for me when i am not home so i do not go but it's That's it's fine. optional so it's it works out. That's so cool. How, how many like semesters is it? Like how long is the masters? Um, so it's a seventeen month program. Um, so my if I don't fail all my classes, um, I will be graduating in December of twenty twenty four with my degree. Um, and like it's it works a little bit differently than like undergraduate, I guess, and like even like it works different than like regular grad school um, because you take one class at a time. So I'm currently enrolled in a four-week, two-credit-hour class. And then when I, like, finish that class, everyone in my cohort moves on to the next class in, like, the sequence. And I think that one is also four weeks. There are some that are, like, six weeks. And it goes through the summers, too. Um, so, like, it's going to be – it's 17 months continuous. It's not, like, two semesters, you know, this school year, summer off, and then one semester. It's, like, fall semester – winter spring semester summer and then fall semester and then you're done gotcha okay so it's not like too too bad and you said it's like part-time as well so sounds like you yeah can still so it's like work and do things outside of it but then also get your master's which is really cool yeah which hopefully helps I don't know I feel like I like posted about it on like LinkedIn and people were like are you still looking for jobs and I was like yes like yeah. always hire me hire Ed. Yes, <laughs> Yeah. yeah that's what's cool about being part-time school too right because it's like you can take on jobs and like you can do all those things but you're also getting your master's so that's cool that's yeah cool. it's like i get to i get to learn like in a classroom kind of in my bedroom sort of and in your bedroom. i also get that's to do classroom. yeah i also get to do like fun work stuff so yeah you do yeah. love it yeah. that's sweet i can never do a master's that's just me though <laughs> Honestly, i don't think i, I could but I have my friend Juliana, who should be known to anyone who follows women's hockey. She actually did this exact same program. And oh, she that's told cool. me. I didn't know that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So she's obviously, she went to school in um, Connecticut and Boston. And then she got her master's. And I was like, what do you mean you're going to Illinois? Like, are you going to be there? And she was like, no, it's online. And I was like, oh, that's not sad. Cool. But, I had no idea. That's so cool. Yeah. She's been to a bunch of different yeah. schools. Yeah. Well, the same number. Well, I guess okay. She's been I guess one more than me since yeah. I since I stayed at Illinois. But yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Well, that's cool. I'm excited to like hear about like how all that goes again. Like, I like live vicariously through people that continue to do education because I just the moment I was able to stop, I stopped. Um, <laughs> maybe one day I'll go yeah. back. But probably not. Like, if I hadn't gotten to this program, I was not going to go somewhere else. Just That's very fair. I mean, yeah. it's, like, grad school's expensive. Um, I'm lucky expensive. that some of my, like, my like money, like, carried over. So part of my grad school is already paid for. Um, and it, so if I didn't get into this program, I wasn't going to go anywhere else. Like, the only reason I decided to do it was, like, my, like, money was going to run out in, like, three years if I didn't go. So I was like, well, That's fair. Well. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that's your school. And then tell me about like kind of like women's hockey. Like where did that start? Like where did you like get your like you like you dipped your your feet in first? Like how did that kind of come about to where you are today in the sport? Yeah. So I think like it's always like I feel like it's off putting to people when I'm like, oh, I like got into it like during the 2018 Olympics, and people are like, oh my god, like that was so recently. And then I was like, yeah, I was like 16. And people are like, oh, my God. But, like, I was. I was 16. I was a junior in high school. Um, I think this was, like, I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. So I was, like, a huge, like, fan of the NHL team. Obviously, a little different now. Um, But I was like, well, there aren't any NHL players at the Olympics. Like, I don't, like, really know a lot of the players who are there. Um, Like, on the men's side. Like, they're not names I've grown up watching. Um, So from there, I was like, well, if I'm not going to know the players, I might as well, like, get invested in something new so I still want to watch hockey so I turned on the women's um you know tournament and I was like oh my god like the USA is good because like in like international men's hockey like the USA is good but they're not like consistently like like, top two yeah I mean we're not Canada um and on the women's women's side (laughs) um, but I was like I was like, oh, like, okay, like, I'll just watch this. And then I got really invested. And I was like, oh, my God, like, there are players, um, you know, on this roster that are, like, from the Chicagoland area. And, like, it was just really cool to kind of, like, follow along and, like, know that, you know, those players are going to come home with their medals. Like, they're going to go through the, like, airport that I always go to. Like, I don't know. Um, I guess that's, like, really specific. But no, it makes it also kinda, that 2018 yeah. team was also just like really special too. Like you, you see, yeah. like you see the roster and you're like, yeah, that's a that's a special group of like. Group and then of like, kind of like went after they won, and I was like reading like everything. Like I obviously I stayed up to watch. It was only like it was like 11 p.m. Like it started at 11 p.m. my time. I think it was like the worst night um, of my life. I'm glad you had fun though. Thanks. I I was 16. I'm like allowed to like. I'm no, I'm not. I, I, I that's the same feelings I had in like 2014. I get it. I'm just messing with you. It was just a brutal. It was brutal to be Canadian mm. that night. I'll just say that. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you've like, do you remember um like the triple gold year that you had? Like, yeah. Oh, I remember. So, well. <laughs> I feel. I feel like I'm allowed to have like one Olympic gold medal that I've lived through. Also, for that being I your first year, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that being your first year you got into it is also extra special because like not only did you love the sport but you got to see success right away which is really nice yeah which a lot of people um can't relate um considering (laughs) I couldn't relate uh in my in my NHL fandom um when I became a Toronto Maple Leafs fan and had (laughs) was every year I was like oh they're gonna get through no they didn't never Um, never. so it's nice to see it was nice to see some immediate success um (laughs) in that kind of like high stakes environment um but then I guess from there like I just kind of when I get into something I like get really into it like there's no such thing as like me being like passively into something so naturally they won the gold medal in 2018 and I was like okay well I want to know everything about this um so I was like doing research and like that's when like I like found the ice garden and I was like oh my god like there's so many people here like ah like other people actually care about this this isn't like some like super niche like sport like underwater basket weaving that like there's no fan community for 
Um, and that was like when I was like on, like I was pretty involved in like regular hockey Twitter too. Sorry, not regular men's hockey Twitter. Um, it's my bad. Uh, but I was like, oh my God, like there's, there's so many other people that like care about this. Like this is so exciting. And I remember um, like just watching the world championship the next year. And I actually, I do remember. So my senior year was 2018, 29, my senior year of high school, 2018, 2019. Um, I want to say that's the year that the NWHL all-star was in uh, Nashville. And I remember it was, it might've been, no, it was definitely that year because I have, I have a memory. Um, so it was Lee Steckline and Shannon Zavados were the all-star captains. And I remember, actually, hold on, different memory, different memory. We're rewinding. Um, junior year was when um, I was watching the expansion announcement when they were like adding the Whitecaps as the first oh like studio expansion wow. team. I was in fourth period. Um, uh, it was it was a language arts class. I don't really know which one um, or English class. And I remember like like I can in the memory like I remember where I was sitting and like what direction I was facing in that classroom. Um, like I, it's like such a core memory, and I don't know why. I love it. <laughs> but I I had like gotten on the bus that morning and been like, oh, like the commissioner is like traveling to Minnesota to make an announcement, and I was like in my head, I was like. I bet it's got to do with the white caps because I had acquired <laughs> this knowledge like three months earlier and then it was and I was right and I was like oh my gosh this is so exciting and then I got more into it and obviously became extremely somewhat unhealthily passionate about it um, and, <laughs> and uh, I guess then my freshman year of college um, so fall 2019 like September um, I started writing for the Ice Garden. Um, yeah, it was really exciting. It was honestly like one of the coolest, some of the coolest experiences I've had. Um, I went to the 2021 National Championship game for the NCAA. That was held at Penn State. Um, I actually stayed with one of my friends from the internet, which seems scary, but I knew she was a real person. Um, I stayed <laughs> with Carly, uh, Marky in Pittsburgh, and the two of us along with someone I knew from Ohio State who was also really involved in the hockey stats community, Nayan Patel. Um, we all like were in Pittsburgh. Oh, sorry. We were all in Pittsburgh and then we all drove from Pittsburgh every game day to the Penn State campus, which is literally like two and a half hours through the mountain. Yeah, that's a long like, drive. That I know is yeah. a long drive. I don't know much of American geography, but that I do know is a long drive because I know where Penn it was State like, campus is. But. It's like the same thing as Illinois where you're just like driving and then all of a sudden like nothing. there's this university and you're like, Weird. there's a football stadium like right when you get off the highway. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. Um, but that was really cool. And obviously Ohio State won, which was cool. Um, but also just like being there, that was like my first like in-person like media experience ever. Um, quite the quite the event. It, it, yeah. it's scary. Your first couple, like first ones, are very scary. I was I was really lucky because um, Penn State's um, SID was obviously like really coordinating the media, coordinating like like so much. Um, you know, at the Frozen Four, and nicest guy ever. He doesn't work for Penn State anymore, I don't think. Um, Seems Kevin Stoykovi, literal nicest person I have ever met. Um, he like introduced himself to me and was like, you're Anne, right? And I was like, how do you know my name? 
Then I realized I was wearing my credential, but <laughs> um, it was it was like it was just one of those experiences. And then like a couple other people said hi to me, and I was like, oh, I don't know how you know who I am. Like I'm literally just like, like I I don't look distinct. I don't know. It was it was like a very like interesting experience for me, but like really cool. Absolutely, um, I, that's such an interesting time for women's hockey to like to like when you started with the ice guarding because if it was like 2018 that would have been the start of the pwhpa mm-hmm. and the loss of the cwhpa cwhl right before so that's like where just things <laughs> got real interesting um yeah so like that like not only did you like just like full-fledged yourself like headfirst dove into this like new fan base and this new hobby and this new sport like you also like got like a quick like introduction of like oh wow there's a lot going on in this sport (laughs) yeah I think like every time like I would be like I would like bring it up at dinner like when I was in high school dinner with my parents I'd be like oh like guess what happened today in women's hockey and they'd be like what and I would be like I would like be trying to explain like all this stuff and they'd be like I am not following any of the acronyms so I'm just going to like nod along and go "Uh uh-huh and like that was that so like it was (laughs) it's like it's one of those things that even now, like, I'll be, like, sitting in my office at my part-time job, like, trying to discuss this with my coworker, and she'll just be, like, cool, and, like, okay, actually, I take that back. She really does ask insightful questions, so I appreciate that, because I love my parents, but it's more than I have ever gotten from them, um, so it's, it's just, it's, like, funny, because I feel like you can't, you can't half-ass, like, a conversation about women's hockey. No, you have to, like, fully explain it, like, I, like, my current partner Emily like she's just not a hockey person at all um so like I really have to like go in depth with it a little bit but like I would like be like oh like so the league that has the Toronto Six in it like this is what's happening with them that league and then the like the organization with all like most of the national team players that league the PWHPA I know they sound similar but that's that that's what happened with them and uh, she just be sitting there like yeah (laughs) sure she's like are you okay I'm like well not really but like I just needed to tell you she's like okay I can listen (laughs) yeah it's like I feel like every time like I think my parents were just starting to get like PHF versus PWHPA like the acronyms and like who like played in what organization like they were finally starting to get it straight after literally like four years and then um the PHF was bought out and I was I was like it was (laughs) It was bought out on my birthday too. So like Oh I, no, I, I didn't realize home. that. I get home from my birthday dinner with my parents and I'm like, oh like I'm gonna go <sighs> on the internet because Mistake. that's what I do. And then I was like I saw like um uh Jeff Merrick's tweets and I was like, oh and then like I'm like texting like CJ and they're like, Yeah, like we just got like like we're in like an emergency town hall and I was like okay well like let me know if you like need anything like hopefully it's not bad and like I don't know I was so like and then all of a sudden it's like okay and it was the the crazy thing about that is I was also texting like Juliana I was texting Carly pretty sure I was texting you and we were all like what is happening and I I was like yeah it's just what a night I had a couple of drinks. I was late because I did. Yeah, I was. I it was my birthday. Like, I, I don't was, blame like, you. So, so it's it's legal <laughs> drinking. I just turned twenty two. Like, I'm allowed. 
in America. I would have I would have been allowed in Canada all years ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it was it's wild. I didn't realize that was on your birthday. Mm-hmm. Wow, you tweeted what something else, like July or June 29th will go down as the worst night in women's hockey history. I was, like, <laughs> I was being like, a little dramatic. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, but like. With the info we were given, I think it was valid. But I was like, I yeah. t- had to go back and delete some of them because I was like, that was a little much. <laughs> well, at the time when you like don't know anything, and there are people exactly. who you care about who you like, you're like, I don't know if you're gonna have like, a job. Friends of mine just lost jobs and like everything. Yeah. And, like also like related to like I- how I felt with the C- CWHL. So like I was like, oh, this sucks. This is the worst thing ever. But yeah, yeah it- I didn't realize that was your birthday. That's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. It was wow. It was definitely the most interesting birthday I've had. <laughs> yeah. My goodness, that's crazy. Wow. What day was that? The 29th of June? Yeah, it was a Thursday. Yes, I was at camp when it happened and I like opened up my computer yeah. and I was like, "What is going on?" Cuz I didn't even yeah. see Jeff's tweets. I saw a tweet from Elaney at first and it was like, "If any players have any questions like let me know like I'll offer advice for free in my dms I was like what is going on like what does she need to offer advice for then I scroll a little bit more I open slack and I was like oh that's what's going on all right (laughs) I mean in fairness I would also take free life advice from Eleni so I I do I text her often (laughs) Like, hey, <laughs> need advice. Not legal advice, because... <laughs> Not legal, no, would, just, like, I life. I pay her for legal advice, but life advice, yes. Absolutely, 100%. Um, so when that news did come out, at the time, you were with a team in the PHF, correct? Um, I had actually wrapped up my contract with the whale at that point, and we were still... Oh, that timing like- is crazy. Yeah, so we were we were like looking to figure out like, oh, do they need my help next season? Fair. Um, you know, what would that look like? What kind of commitment would I be able to offer? Um, you know, that kind of thing. But there was nothing set in stone. I was actually talking um, to a couple of other people like in the league, like externally who do work in women's hockey. Um, and I think like the next day I like sent out emails. I was like in DMs and I was like, yeah, like, I know we were going to have a call about this, but, like, obviously circumstances have changed, and I completely understand, like, please take care of yourself and, like, your family, like, mm-hmm. first. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was sad, but, like, obviously me not having, like, a potential job opportunity is, like, small potatoes compared yeah. to people, like, 100%. not having But it's jobs, also, like, so. it's something you, like, not only, like, cared so much about, but had put time into, right? And, like, mm-hmm. through your work, not just with the whale, because you did, um, like, media relations and some, like, social media stuff for them, right? Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so we both have that in common. I've done a little bit of social media work for the whale, fun fact. Um, <laughs> I've only posted, like, two things, but it was something. Um... But, like, you cared a lot about it, and I don't know, I always felt like the Whale were, like, just such a special team for so many people. Like, fans, players, coaches, staff, everyone. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure on top of the fact that, like, you care so much about the sport and stuff, but, like, it also just extra stunk because you cared so much about the team and the work you had put in with so many talented and great people as well. Yeah, exactly, and there are so many people who either have been with that organization in the past or were with, were with that organization, um, you know, when the entire league was bought out and 
there are so many great people just involved and who've been involved throughout the years that you know it it kind of sucks to see it really sucks to see it doesn't kind of it suck really to see sucks it. It yeah sucks to see. it's heartbreaking yeah. and there's still so much unknown uh, yeah um so with the ice garden you were at the ice garden for a bit and then were you at different times like were you with the ice garden when you started with the ECAC or was it like one of those things where it's like okay you left the ice garden to join that role like what did that look like yeah so I was actually I started at the ECAC when I was a freshman at Ohio State um so that was September 2019 I think um I left the ice garden shortly after the national championship in 2022 so it was basically like the end of my of the hockey season um, that year. Uh, Worlds had already come and gone. It was at that point that I had my seasonal role with Major League Baseball, and honestly, I I had like no time. You know, I was it's final season. Um, I'm working 32 hours a week with Major League Baseball, like doing eight hour shifts, like four days a week. Shifts are brutal. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was interesting. It was a very valuable experience, and like. I worked with some of the best people in the world, but um, there just wasn't time. And it sucked that like the ice garden had to be the thing to go. Um, but I think it made sense at the time, especially considering that, um, you know, I started with the ECAC shortly after. Um, I think I officially started with them in like August or September of 2022, I think. Yeah. So this past August. Um, or a year ago now I still think it's like June Um, and then I worked doesn't make sense in my head (laughs) no I feel like the passage of time is so crazy and scary (laughs) um but so I was I started with the ECAC in like August or September and then I finished with Major League Baseball when that's when the 2022 season ended so like November so there was like there was like a period of two to three months when I was in school working 32 hours a week with major league baseball, doing contract work for the Connecticut whale and, um, you know, posting game day content and just a lot of stuff for the ECAC. Um, honestly, my takeaways from that experience was if I can do that and survive and have a social life, I can do anything. So I really like feel like that gave me a lot of valuable life experience. Um, in addition to just being, you know, really fun. Um, I loved my time with the whale. I loved my time um, with MLB, obviously. Um, like I mentioned, I work with some of the coolest people, not just in baseball, but like in sports. Sports, um, the creatives and, then, and, and the MLB are crazy. Yeah. They're so talented. It, yeah. I swear, like, I would be like passing on like graphics to MLB players and I'd be like, I like don't know how you like started with a blank. Like, like they have Photoshop a photo slate. and then they make it into yeah like, the it was like yeah. literally jaw dropping and yeah I'm in so much awe of the things people can do with like photos and videos um it's really amazing and then I was also doing ECAC stuff and school um ECAC another like amazing experience I think that was that was like my first like real like internship like where it's like actually defined as an internship um and honestly like I wouldn't even define it as an internship because I got to do like so much cool stuff and I mean I've never had another internship so I don't know if other interns like get to do cool stuff but I got to do cool stuff depends on the the internship but yeah (laughs) yeah I mean it was really thanks to like 
I mean, my my first year there was also my boss, Nick Serbinski, who's the associate commissioner. It was his first year there too. Um, and it was it was actually the commissioner of the ECAC his last year. Um, and now they have a new commissioner, amazing guy. I've worked with him and talked to him a bunch. Um, he's really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, all really amazing experiences that I've had so far that like I feel so lucky, but also like, why me? I don't know. I don't know. I have so much imposter syndrome just about like being in this industry, I guess. Like it's hard. It's hard. It's like But you're great and you deserve everything you've been given and continue to earn. But I get that. Mm. Mm. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, I guess. Thanks, I think. Yeah. Um, when you were with the ECAC, what was like, and you, if you can't think of just like one moment, you can give me a couple, but like, what were some of your like favorite things either you covered or you like produced or like, like worked on? What were some of your like highlights? Yeah. So I have three off the top of my head. Um, these are, I'm not saying these in order. These are like chronological order, not like gotcha. order of favoritism. Um, so in I think December, um, I got the opportunity to interview Maria Dennis. Um, she used to play for Yale, um, even before Yale, like the ECAC existed, like she played for Yale, um, or I guess before Yale play competed in the ECAC. Honestly, the timeline of college hockey still kind of confuses me because it's I know programs disaster. existed, <laughs> like like the programs and the league existed before the NCAA sanctioned women's hockey. So it's it's kind of confusing but like she played for Yale in the late 80s um and honestly really cool person in general even if you don't like take into account the fact that she has like pretty much every Yale women's hockey record is like her um and now she works she's a legal counsel for the NHLPA um which is also super cool um you know she does she does a ton of amazing work um I think when when I I thought I realized like we were connected on LinkedIn at some point and I was like I don't know when that happened but that's really cool so I'm gonna reach out to her um because we were you know at the ECAC we were looking for different ways to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX um and I was like well like who better to talk to than someone who's like oh my god perfect yeah (laughs) It's like hockey experience was defined by that. And especially at Yale, you know, a school where it, in the last five years, they have turned that program around and made it into a program that like actually has a winning record and is going to the national championship, is winning the conference. Like all this amazing stuff is happening. And it's because of, you know, the investment by the school, um, the investment by the coach into the coach. They have um, I think Mark Bolting is entering his fifth year, um, maybe fourth, I think fifth year, but fourth coaching because of the pandemic. Um, and I, I think like the buy-in from all the players, it's, it's something that's been really cool to see and, you know, kind of getting to talk to her about the way that the program was when she was playing there and then the way it has, you know, grown was honestly just one of the coolest things ever. Like, I don't think I'll ever get over the fact that like, she's this amazing person like she was USA Hockey's like distinguished achievement award honoree um I think the year before this current year um and she's like sweetest person ever literally coolest person ever 
um, I did like a pretty, pretty decent write up on like our conversation and kind of just like a feature piece. Um, and that was something I was like, unbelievably proud of. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, the second thing, the second like coolest experience or like content kind of thing. Um, I was actually invited, um, Nick and the Nick, my, the associate commissioner of the ECAC and Steve Hagwell, the outgoing commissioner, um, had me at Frozen Fenway, which um, followed the NHL's winter classic at Fenway Park. And Frozen Fenway was basically two days of doubleheader games. So I guess I don't really know, like two doubleheaders. Like there was a women's doubleheader and a men's doubleheader, and they were separate days. Yeah. Um, yeah. In the week after the stadium series. And um one so it was all boston teams which like makes sense because whatever um boston and so i think the first game of the women's doubleheader was quinnipiac versus harvard um and the funny thing about that is so obviously harvard but it, it it was supposed to be a quinnipiac home game um that day but like quinnipiac agreed for the sake of like the experience and like the awesome vibes and they won. So it's not even like they were playing in like a hostile environment. Um, it was their home game. So Quinnipiac played Harvard. And then the second double header was, I think like Holy Cross and Boston university. Um, so hockey East teams. So I wasn't involved in that one. Um, and then the two men's double headers were, I think all hockey East teams. Um, so we didn't stick around for the second double header or the second day of double headers. Um, but I've never been to an outdoor game, like, even as a fan. Um, And here I am, like, just, like, like walking around arguably the most historic ballpark in the history of Major League Baseball. I saw, like, the Boston Red Sox, like, clubhouse. Like, whoa. I'm, like, I'm, like, in there. And then we walk onto the field, and it's, like, snowing. It's so picture perfect. So cool. And then it started sleeting. um, And it was really (laughs) freaking cold. And I was, like... I was standing out there. I mean, like, it was beautiful. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, although I think um, they had they had to clean that ice off so much. Like, every break in play yeah. was, like, there is literal snow on the ice. Like, we have to – the players were, like, having a hard time skating through it because you're mm-hmm. skating through snow, um, yeah. which I don't think anyone, like, really foresaw, I guess. Um, but also, it's not like they could really reschedule it because yeah, no, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you just got to deal with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, that was a really fun game. Um, I was at ice level on the field. I was up in the press box. Um, so cool. Honestly, it was it was so cool. Um, and then that we actually turned that trip into like a whole weekend because I've never been to Boston before. Um, I'd never really been to the East Coast in like. I've been to Washington, D.C. I think that was, like, it. Um, so then after, you know, that Frozen Fenway game, we drove to from Boston to Connecticut, and we watched the Quinnipiac men play the Dartmouth men. And then oh, the next day, we, fun. we drove to Princeton, New Jersey, um, which is, like, all over. Far. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize how far that is. Um, but we drove there, and then... Um, we oh that was the Hobie Baker rink hundredth anniversary. So we oh, watched cool. a doubleheader of the women. I think Princeton women played Harvard women there. I think 
And then Princeton men played Dartmouth men. So I saw like the Dartmouth men twice. It was, it worked out to be like, I only saw seven teams playing because I saw one team play. Tw- I, it was, it was a really cool experience. That's so and, like, cool. Just getting to be there. And like, that was like the first ECAC hockey I'd seen like in person. Actually, no, I take it back. It wasn't. I saw Queen of Piac play at Ohio State once, but that like barely counts. I was calling that game actually, which was cool an experience. Um, so that's experience number two. <laughs> Sorry, this is like I, no, I, like I, said, I can't, I can't be casual about like anything ever in my entire. No, life. you're good. Um, and then, so after that, really fun, amazing, exciting weekend. Um, wait, can I add like another half? Absolutely. I came. I I thought of something else. Um, obviously, the Quinnipiac men won the national championship. Their first national championship as a program. Um, you know, let's not, let's not talk coach. about the, the team that they beat. Then that's fine. Um, I mean, I'm okay, I'm okay talking about it. No, I'm good. But anyways, <laughs> I w- I won't rub it in. I won't. I won't make you sad. Uh, but it was. Um, I don't know. I was like. I see I was sitting like in my friend's apartment, I think, because all my friends wanted to hang out. And also what happened on that day was Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn broke up like two oh hours my God. before the puck dropped. And like <laughs> my boss, like Nick, he's like a huge Swifty too. And I like texted him. He's in Tampa for this game. And I'm like, did you see the Taylor Swift news? And he was like, yeah. I was, he was like, I want to talk about it, but I can't. I'm so busy. And I was like, okay, like we can, we can like discuss this later, I guess. Um, and then Quinnipiac won 10 seconds into overtime. It was like, that was such a crazy game. It was, and I was, I kept like, like I was tweeting and I was like, oh my God, they're going to call it back. Like they're going to do that thing where everyone celebrates and they call it back and they give it to the other team and the other team like wins. And then it just like, that didn't happen because obviously it was a good goal. And yeah. like, I was like, I think that entire night I was like, so in shock. I was like, they like won the national championship. <laughs> And it was, it was so cool. I mean, like, seeing the way, like, the team celebrated and then seeing, like, all the videos of them getting welcomed back to campus. Like, obviously, they're, like, in Tampa. So they have to go from mm-hmm. Tampa, Florida to Hamden, Connecticut. Um, honestly, it was just – and, I mean, Nick, who was my boss, he previously worked at Quinnipiac and worked really closely oh, with their cool. hockey team. So I was, like – I was like, okay, like, like this is an incredible circle. experience for him. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to make him talk about Taylor Swift right now. Um, <laughs> we can wait. Was, yeah, I mean, sorry, Taylor, but national championship kind of trumps your relationship status, which bit. as it should be, because obviously um, relationship statuses do not define a woman. So, period. Um, yeah, exactly. So it was, that was number three. And then I have a half experience. A uh, piece of content that I made, I guess. Um, I put together two videos, kind of teasing the schedule announcement for the ECAC, um, and like I was like actually really proud of them. Like I worked really hard on those, and um, that was for this year's. That was for this year's schedule release. Nice. Um, so this was one of your yeah, was, like last things you did for them. Yeah. So I've been doing a little bit for them, like you oh, know, okay. since the end of last season, and like doing some stuff for them this season. Um, we're still looking at like if I can stay involved, how I can stay involved, um, gotcha. that sort of thing. And like I'd love, I'd love to stick around. Um, obviously, I don't have a full time job right now, as we have discussed. 
Um, so I think that would be, you know, returning to a group where I feel really valued and where I'm doing stuff that I'm proud of, but also making content that I'm really excited about. Um, that'd be really cool too. So yeah, we'll see. And those, that's, those are all four of my things. I know I've spoken for like <laughs> that's okay. 20 minutes at this point, but yeah. No, it's all good. People that listen to this podcast are going to want to hear you talk about the things you're excited about. So it's all good. Um, I that think that's a great like one person. <laughs> hey, one person is better than no person. So true. I'll give you that. <laughs> um, that's a great segue, actually. Um, if we want to ch- kind of discuss the upcoming college hockey season. Um, yeah, absolutely. Going off of that energy. Obviously, you're we've worked in college hockey before, like you followed it as a fan and as like a writer and a content creator. Um, but I feel like you've really, really evolved into um, one of like the more like, 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 you know, quite a bit about women's college hockey, which like I really value because I, for the most part, no, like, I'm like, I know that I know enough. Like I know enough to like, like I know what most, most teams play in which conference and like certain players and stuff. Um, but like, you're like super talented with it. You're super knowledgeable. Um, so I'd love to know of any players that, um, like for people like myself who, again, know some of it, but not all of it. Um, what players to watch this upcoming season, like players, either if they're like freshmen or if they're not even like they've been playing for years and, college hockey if they've transferred like kind of players that you're looking forward to watching and tuning into yeah so I think I'm going to separate that question out into returning players to watch and then incoming players because I there are like a couple in both categories um so in terms of returning players to watch I think honestly one of the ones I'm like probably most excited to watch is Danielle Sterdacki um play for Colgate she is Canadian so I know you know who she is um she's coming back to Colgate for a fifth year um I'm and honest her too yeah I mean she was amazing I thought she was great at worlds as well yeah yeah exactly like I think she is like nowhere near her ceiling yet and she's already such an incredible player like she set records for Colgate last year um I know because I wrote about them and you know, she <laughs> I was, feel like she's just flown she's, under the radar too with it like, it's like exactly yeah. because there are so many like other amazing players in the NCAA and in the ECAC, but as all those players have graduated, you know, like Clarkson had their reign of dominance and a lot of those players that made that possible have graduated. And now you're looking at teams like Yale, teams like Colgate, who have been pretty decent, but now that they don't have that like dominant Clarkson powerhouse in the conference, they're kind of getting to like shine. Um, and Danielle Sterdachny is one of those players, um, obviously. And then um, Elle Hartshey also at Yale. She is going to be a senior this year. Um, she'll have an additional year of eligibility after this year because she's her class is the last one that has like that fifth year um, because of COVID. But, you know, there's no guarantee she's going to use it. And especially because she's at an Ivy, um, there's like some eligibility, not differences, but um, a lot of Ivies don't want their athletes coming back for fifth year. So a lot of those players will transfer for their fifth year somewhere else um, or just forego that fifth year altogether. Um, I mean, depending on if there's a pro women's hockey league, um, you know, playing after Hartshe graduates, 
that could be an option for her too. You know, she can play in the U.S. She could go to Sweden. She could play another year of NCAA. It's really um, super up in the air at this point. And then I'm also looking forward to watching Kiara Zanin play at Ohio State. Um, obviously, that's a new conference for her. She just like was insanely dominant at Penn State. Um, and now she's, you know, new school, still Big Ten, but different conference in women's college hockey. Um, she moved from the CHA. Oh, sorry. Give me a second. Sorry. Um, she moved from the CHA, which is, I wouldn't say it's a weaker conference, but the level of competition is not as competitive every single year as it is in conferences like Hockey East, the ECAC, the WCHA. So now she's going to be playing in the WCHA with players like Kayla Barnes, um, who also transferred from Hockey East to the WCHA. Um, I'm going to be honest, I'm still not over the fact that that happened. Um, it doesn't seem however, real. Like the, no, it doesn't seem <laughs> real or fair, to be honest. You're right. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. but, um, I'm not going to comment on that because it's not like they're not. It's like I've heard people say they're buying their championships. Um, but collegiate athletes don't get paid. So get paid. there's there's some flaws in that assertion. It's a I weird think. argument. And also, like, if, if you're a college hockey player and you want to transfer, you know, there could be any number of reasons for that. It could be that you want to continue your education somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a program that's offered by your new school that you think would be super beneficial to your, you know, career after hockey. Or it could be that, you know, you really want to play for a coach. You want to play for a coach. Or they just want to play for, like, a really good team, too. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, like, like a coach that's, like, as respected as Nadine Mazaral, who demands from her players, and, like, a team that, like, actually wins games. Um, That's what I'm saying, right? Like, it's not even just, like, like, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, it's the school that's doing this. But, like, have you ever just thought about, like, this is what the player wants and it's what's best for the player? Yeah. And also, like, if the school was, like, trying to get these players, you think the school would have a better rank um, for the women's yeah. hockey team? Which, that's, like, it's a work in progress. Like, there's, um, you know, there's moving parts there. But yeah. um, just, I feel like if you're Kayla Barnes, like, you could honestly go anywhere in the NCAA 100%. Um, yeah. You're not going to Ohio State because Gene Smith was like, I'm going to pay you $80 million if you put on a Ohio State jersey like no that's that's not happening for anyone although if it would happen for someone it should be Kayla Barnes um, because obviously she's one of the best players in the NCAA at this point um anyways final returning player speaking of Penn State where Kira Zanon came from Tessa Janicki um like I said the CHA is a different conference it's arguably there's less intense competition but I don't really even think you can say that because college hockey is college hockey like they're all playing intense um, and it keeps getting better and better too like exactly like Penn State is a school that you know historically like hasn't been that good but in the recent years like they have so many incredible players who are really moving that program forward they have an incredible coach they have incredible facilities it's an incredible place to go to school, an incredible place to play hockey. Um, so I think I think that's also, um, you know, one of those teams that I'm kind of going to want to keep an eye on uh, this season. But I guess to answer the second part of your question, um, some incoming freshmen that I'm excited to watch. I have three. 
obviously one of them is an Ohio State player because why wouldn't it be? Well, um, of course. Yeah. Um, so Delaney Fleming is one of like four true freshmen in this incoming class at Ohio State. Um, I guess you could argue that an incoming class is exclusively freshmen or is it all new players? Like, I don't know. Um, but she's a true freshman. She is the only true freshman in the incoming class that does not have any U18 experience um, playing for her country, her country being the United States. Um, but Delaney Fleming led USA Hockey Nationals in scoring um, this season. She played at like the U19 level, obviously. Um, and her team, Shattuck St. Mary's, actually won the national championship at that level. She had like like two points per game, like was scoring like at a ridiculous rate. And like most of her points were primary too, I think, um, which makes That's it even crazy. more impressive. Um, and I think her, like, assuming she gets playing time with the absolute like massive talent that Ohio State is going to have on that team. Um, I mean, honestly, I would, if I was any player in the rest of the NCAA, I'd be afraid to face every single one of those lines. Like, you don't get, like, an easy line to defend against when you're playing Ohio State. So it's, no. um, but then, so Delaney Fleming, Sophiano Sundland at St. Cloud State, um, she's Finnish, you know, she's coming over for her first season in the NCAA. I think she might already be 20 or 21. Um, she skated at three world championships, won Olympics for Finland. Um, great player. I'm really excited to watch her. I think also St. Cloud State has been getting a lot better, making a lot of strides um, with their new coach. Um, Brian Adolski's there now. And I think he's done a lot to kind of turn the program around. You know, they were one of those teams that was in the WCHA. There's the top four teams and the bottom four teams. And Top four teams, Ohio State, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Duluth. But now it's kind of like, okay, like, there could be a top five teams. There could be a top six teams. Like, you really never know, like, what team you're going to end up playing. Like, you know, obviously, what team you're going to play, but you don't know if you're going to get, like, okay, this year's St. Cloud State team is, like, really, really good. Or this year's Minnesota Duluth team, maybe it's weaker than, like, it has been in the past. Um and I think that's one of the really cool things about like all of the different conferences is there is so much parody now, you know, it didn't used to be like that. Yeah. Um, the first like 15 years of the national championship was just WCHA schools. Like I think Clarkson was the first non WCHA school to win a national title in 2014. Like that's crazy. Yeah. In 2014. Um, that wasn't even the, like, like that's nine no. years ago. It wasn't even that long ago. Yeah. I mean, I was 12, but, <laughs> um, but also like, I think the first like, na- like NCAA sanctioned national tournament for women's hockey was in 2001, which was when I was born. Um, so wow. you're welcome for that. NCAA. That was clear, clearly like that. And influence. Book. Yeah, obviously. Um, and then one more incoming freshman I'm excited to watch Uma Cornea. She's a goalie. She's going to be playing at Princeton. Um, I'm pretty sure she um, has is forgoing her senior year at high school in Minnesota. Um, I feel like I know, read about her. Yeah. NCAA early, which honestly, I don't blame her. I hated high school and I would have foregone my senior year if I could. However, I am not an elite goalie or an elite <laughs> hockey player or really elite at anything. So that wasn't that wasn't an opportunity for me. But, you know, if I'm I'm really excited to watch watch her play this year. Um, 
you know, I think I think we're kind of due for another like one of those like ridiculously good goalies. Um, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if she's one of those goalies. You know, like we had Aaron Frankel, and then yeah. we had Gwyn Phillips. Um, but you know, she only has like this is her last year. She's a fifth year this year, and you know, you never really know like the goalie carousel is going to keep on turning and you never know yeah. like who's going to be that like star. Um, obviously not putting all that pressure onto her. She's a freshman. She's technically a pre-freshman, but. Which is crazy. Yeah, it also there's, definitely there's so shows like her confidence too, right? Like in herself mm-hmm. to be like, I actually don't need this extra year. I'm good. Like I can, I'll just take this leap. It's really impressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a goalie, too. Like, it's exactly. not even like she's, like, going to be, like, a sixth, like, on, like, the third-pairing defenseman. Like, the sixth, yeah. maybe the 70, like, in, on their, like, no, she's going to be a goalie, which is crazy. Yeah, There's still her. a chance, I think, that she redshirts and just practices with the team and yeah. doesn't, like, actually. But still, but to, like, you know, like, want to do that at that age is crazy. Good for her. Yeah. I agree. Okay. <laughs> um, so those are players to watch. Um, obviously, you've touched on um, how fantastic Ohio State's going to be this season, which, like, I think you had qu- quotes he t- tweeted earlier today, like a graphic of like their roster with their numbers, and I was just I was reading some of them, and I was like, man, this team is unreal. Like they're just too yeah. good, and they they've been great the last like few seasons as well, and like it's just like. There's no turnover. It seems like they're just continuing to get better, which is great. Um, so that's obviously one team that I'm sure both like personally, but also professionally, you're pretty excited mm-hmm. to watch. Um, yeah. But like, what are some I mean, other teams that like you kind of got your eye on right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I kind of mentioned there are teams that, you know, I think are going to be dominant. I think Ohio State, I think Wisconsin, um, you know, Wisconsin got Anna Wilgren. Um, from Minnesota State, and she's exceptional, has been on the USA Hockey um, kind of bubble for a little bit. And then Colgate, I think Colgate's going to be really good again. Um, obviously, like I mentioned, they have Sir Daphne back. Um, they have three more years of Alyssa Biederman. Um, they have a couple of their, they have a couple other players returning for fifth years. Um, Greg Fargo, obviously an incredible coach. He's been doing so much with that program. Um, so those are the teams that I think are going to like be live up to their consistent like greatness. Um, in terms of teams that I think are like pretty good but still like have that ceiling to reach, I feel like this might be a controversial take, but I feel like Yale is only going to get better. Um, I mean, they have they have Pika, Pia Dukerich back. Um, she was a sophomore this past season, so she's only going to be a junior, which is like crazy. She faced like. She was at, um, I think, the Division Two A Women's World Championships, and she faced like a hundred more shots than the That's next like best goalie. And I was like, and bonkers. she, her save percentage was like second or like third or fourth or ridiculously high for like the volume of shots she faced. I was like, and you know, gets two more years of her. Like I would be Crazy. personally very scared if I was anywhere else. Um, so I think Yale is going to get better. Um, I think Penn State is going to get better. I think St. Cloud State is going to get better. Um, you know, I think there are going to be more schools that are really, you know, now that the tournament field is bigger, it's 11 teams. This was just the second season of that, I think. Um, 
you know, there's, there's so much more opportunity and there's, it's like now you, it, the national tournament now is no longer win one game. And you're going to the frozen four. It's okay. You, maybe you do only have to win one game if you get a buy, but you also might have to win three games. You might have to win two games. Like you never know. It's a lot different. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. And these are, these are single games. Like it's, it's single elimination. Once you get to the national tournament, there's no, like you have an off game, you're going home. Your season is over. Um, so I think there's so many, so many teams that can play upset and so many teams that could be dark horses this year that it's exciting. It's interesting. It's going to be really fun to watch. I think last year, like before last year, I was like, Oh, this is going to be like the best season ever. And now I'm like, okay, well, this season is also going to be the best season ever because there there were so many transfers. Like the transfer portal was so so plentiful. I I like don't even know. Busy. There were yeah, yeah it's just yeah, constant. Busy, busy is yeah. a better word. Um, <laughs> there's there's there was so much action and like so much movement. And honestly, I think this is like yes, I said it last year. I probably said it the year before, but this is like gonna. be And you'll probably say it season. like. Oh, next yeah. year too so like I think that Probably. also shows how much the game is growing and like how when facilities get better and there's more opportunities for these players and you know they have the opportunity to transfer and play like you said for a coach that they want to play for or play for a, a team or be in an environment that they want to play for teams are going to get better players are going to get better and I don't know I, you'll probably say it again next year so I think that's a oh that's a absolutely for the sport absolutely it's it's I mean, we say it when we're referring to the professional game. We say it when we're referring to, you know, the U18 level or the international level with all the new parity. Um, But women's hockey, like, this is an incredibly exciting time for it. Um, The talent's never been better. There's never been more parity. I think, you know, there are going to be people with money who are going to start investing in teams, in schools, you know, donors, uh, in programs, just at the national level, at the professional level, you know, maybe at the college level, if there's like an alum that's like, I really want Penn State hockey to be really good. You never know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think it's just, I mean, we say it every year, we say it throughout the year, we say it throughout the season, but it really is one of the most exciting times for women's hockey. And um, like I said, I just, I can't wait to watch, you know, at every level. Um, Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, very exciting time and like again it just shows the growth of like where we were at compared to where we are now and continue to grow um it's exciting Mm -hmm. Uh, thank you for sharing those like uh the players and the teams and stuff um but I, i got two like prediction questions i would love to know um, and you can pick which order you want to answer these in. I would love to know your early pick. So today we're recording on August 24th, 2023. I would love to know your early pick on who you think is going to win uh, the national championship. And then also who you think is going to win the Patty Cas. Patty Casmere. Like who is, who is it going to be? And you can, you can answer that in whichever order you want. Okay. So I'm answering this and I like, I can recognize that I'm super biased, literally with both of my answers to these questions. However, I think the Patty Kaz will go to Danielle Serdakny this year, um, specifically if she continues playing, if she, if she picks up where she left off. Like, if she puts those she points was, up, like it'd be hard not yeah. to at least have her in the top three. 
she was a top three finalist this past year. The only reason she True. didn't win yeah. was because Sophie Jakes is literally like one of the best defenders college hockey yeah. has ever seen. Ever. In yeah. ever. Um, and also because Sophie Jakes should have won it the year before. Um, but that's True. neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> so I would say, I would say Sardacne. Obviously, Alina Mueller is no longer playing college hockey, so she cannot be a top 10 finalist for the sixth consecutive year. Um, however, if she, you know, if she did have another year of eligibility, I would pin my hopes on her. Always. Um, <laughs> Always bet on her. Um, I don't really have, like, any backups. I guess, like... I guess yeah, it shows the parity. Like, it shows the, like, how up in the air, like, it, it of a season it's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised if there are a couple goalies. Um, like I mentioned, Gwyn Phillips at Northeastern. I think she was a top 10 finalist um, this past season. Um, Pia Dukarish, I think, was one of, like, on the watch list or maybe a top 10 finalist. Um, honestly, she kept Yale in so many of their games last season. Um, and Yale's, like, a really good team. Uh, but she was absolutely unbelievable for them. She's continued to be absolutely unbelievable for Slovenia um, at the international level. Um, I'm sure there, there are other ones I'm, I'm missing, just thinking off the top of my head. But that's for Patty Kaz. Um, I would also not be surprised if there are any other defenders that get in the mix. Um, I mean, there, there are a ton of defenders and just players in general who have skipped or switched schools. Um, so, you know, sometimes I wonder like if that change in environment is like what they need, um, to kind of show off on a bigger stage. Like hit that um, stride and get yeah, those like extra yeah, exactly. votes and those extra looks at them. Absolutely. And if you're like, I feel like being, surrounding yourself with great players makes you better. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like a player like Kayla Barnes, like, you know, she's playing the WCHA now against competition, like Wisconsin, Minnesota, Minnesota Duluth, St. Cloud State, all these other really good schools. And not to say she wasn't in Hockey East, but I think it's, it's a little bit different of a stage in the WCHA. And there's, you know, I feel like all eyes are like always on those schools in maybe kind of a different way. Um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't count her out of it. Um, I'm excited to see um, how wrong I am, maybe how right I am. We'll see. Um, I guess in terms of a national champion, like I say this every year, but every year, like I was so close last year, I guess Ohio state last year, and then they were in the national championship game and lost by one goal. So one like, that's goal. like, you can't even say I was like that off. Um, but I am going to say Ohio state again. However, as much as like, that is also me manifesting, I don't think you can look at this roster as it is right now and tell me this team has no chance at a national championship. It's hard. Fairness, you can't. It's, it's hard. I don't think to. you can really look at any roster and say this team has no shot um, for many of the reasons we already talked about. Valid. But also, yeah. like, when you combine, like, Nadine Mazzarol and her coaching and you add, like, so many players who are returning from that original national championship roster, I mean, you have – you have Jen Gardner, you have Jenna Buglioni, you have Hadley Hartmetz and Kenzie Hawsworth, all these players who, you know, are still there. And then you're adding Stephanie Markowski, Kayla Barnes, Hannah Bilka, Kiara Sandin, Kelsey King. Crazy. Like, you, you, 
there's like I don't even know how they can get better like there's nothing to win after a national championship but I feel like if there was like if like they played like the worst team in like a professional like hockey league like Ohio State would like try and win a professional title like if they could 100% like, 100% yeah. they honestly probably could give like some really good players a run for their money which is I know I'm gonna get clowned for saying that but like look at that team and tell me I'm 100% wrong you can't you, you, you can't, can't look at that no, team and can't. be like there's no way plus like in hockey like and it's not even, like, players who, like, haven't established themselves yet that are good. Like, it's players that, like, are, like, okay, yeah, that's that's a, that's a championship team. Like, that's – Yeah. You can't deny Yeah, it. it's it's exciting, and it's, like, it's a little scary. I don't know. A little scared. But, like, in a good way. Like, like <laughs> in a good excited, way. Like, yeah, like, I'm walking into the unknown, but, like, it's going to be great. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to emerge unscathed and potentially joyous on the other side. I love it. Awesome. Um, all right. So speaking of Ohio State, um, it's got a couple more things for you here and then we'll wrap up. But on the topic of Ohio State, um, I would love it if you could build your like dream all time Ohio State starting lineup. So you got your forwards, your D and then a goalie. So who is ever like women's hockey players who have played for Ohio State in the past okay. many years that they've existed? So would you say, so am I building this roster based on like my personal favorites or like just your personal favorites? Yeah. However you want, like your, your dream, like you would love to see like this, like all these players, like in their prime play on a starting lineup together in Ohio state jerseys. Okay. Um, goalie, I'm going to have to say Cassidy Sauvay, which a lot of people forget that she was really good at Ohio state. She was there for like two or three years. She was really good. Um, so I'm going to say her, that's like, Probably the easiest getting the goalie out of the way. That's really easy. Um, defenders. Okay, obviously one Sophie Jakes. Um, that's like I. I feel like I don't even need to explain. Like it's just not. It's it, just, yeah, she's yeah. Just her. It's it's like a she's given. <laughs> um, I think having Minty Twoman in back that'd be really cool. Um, just because. I mean, she's one of the best defenders to ever play at Ohio State. She went to the Olympics. Like, what Like, what more can you ask for? Like, obviously, like, I would love to have, like, Jincy Dunn, Sophie Jakes again. Um, however, I just, I feel like, I feel like this, like, hypothetical lineup is, like, probably going to be maybe, like, American heavy in the forward. Eh, actually, I don't even know. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go finish Canadian on D. Um, forwards, I mean, Emma Malte forward. Um, are you, am I like allowed to pick a forward from this coming season or like, does that not Yeah, you can, no, that counts. They're going to play there. That's counts. Um, I think like Loki, I think maybe Kelsey King, um, or well, it's either her or like Kiara Zanin because they're both like incredible players um, who are going to do have a lot of scoring power. I'm gonna come back to that. I'll decide. I'll come back. Okay. Um, and then I feel like my other forward. I feel like the obvious choice is like Natalie Spooner, especially like 
at her prime. Um, 100%. I think so many, people, so many people forget that she went there. I forget that she went there. Um, I remember finding out that she her. went there. I remember, like, finding out that that's where she went, and I was like, I thought what I was reading was a lie. Like, I remember being like, yeah. there's no way. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would why would Natalie Spooner like go to college and play hockey in Ohio? Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you know, I'm glad she did for the sake of you know her development as a player, and also for the sake of this conversation. Um. <laughs> but I also I do kind of have a soft spot for. Uh, okay. No, I'm not. I'm not going to entertain anything else. Um. Okay. Back to Kelsey King and Kiara Zanin. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Kelsey King, um, just because I feel like she has a lot of potential. Obviously, Zanin does as well. However, I feel like Kelsey King is already acclimated to the WCHA, so you know she might come out of the gate scoring a little faster. I guess that's just I'm gonna leave it at that. Okay, I love it. So go through again, goalie. Sobey. Sobey. Your D partner, it, D partners are Jackson Twominen. Gross, that's insane. And yeah. then your for your forward group is Malte King and Natalie Spooner. Oh my god, that's nasty. That's <laughs> so much yeah. fun I mean, too. Like it's like it's like, like talent wise, but also just that'd be so much fun to watch. Yeah, I like. I really think they need to like start. So they have their alumni weekend. I actually met Tessa Bonham at, like, the cool. first alumni weekend I went to. She signed, like, a hockey card of her, and then she followed me on I want to get Tessa like, on the pod real bad. Yeah. 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 DM her. Literally, like, wow. I think she follows um, me, to be honest, so it probably wouldn't... Yeah. <laughs> um, can, can I, like, uh, guest, guest host? Um, Absolutely. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Um... Yeah, but I think I think they need like an alumni game where like they mm-hmm. they straight up like it's I think a lot of people forget who's played for like, them. Yeah, like, I think yeah. a lot of people forget like who has put on an Ohio State jersey and played for them. I mean like there. even yeah. like Juliana Yafalo, like mm-hmm. she played like yeah. one season with the Buttes and I was like I I would die for her, you know? <laughs> like it's it's that simple and just like I mean, obviously, all the Duns that played there, Joy, Jincy, Jessica, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's, there's like, so much history within the program and, like, history, like, outside of the program, too. I feel like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like it's going to be a very good season for them, just like it has been the past couple of years, and I can't wait to watch. Me, too. Although, I'm not the biggest fan of the school itself, because I'm a Michigan fan. However, I like when yeah. women's hockey is at its best, and they are at their best, so. Exactly, I'll and you don't, you, don't have, you don't have a team, a women's hockey team to no. cheer for at that uh, school up north. So. Unfortunately, no, I wish that's all. We could have a whole other hour-long podcast oh, yeah. about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just infuriating. Um, all right, I got one more question for you, and we'll wrap things up. Um, so, obviously, the PHF got bought out. We have a new league, supposedly starting in January. We don't have much information other than that. We know there's six teams. We know there's going to be a draft. We know we know limited info, but enough to talk about the possibility of teams and all that. Um, if you were to pick one player, and I think I already know your answer, um, and it's my answer too, I think, 
Um, but I think I know your answer, but that's okay. We'll still see what it is anyways. If you were to pick one player fresh out of college, like they just left college this past season, like they're graduated, they like would be playing professional hockey this season in January. Who would you pick and why? I'm going to pull a fast one on you and I'm going to say Alina Mueller. No! So it's yeah. funny you say that because I was like, it's either going to be Sophie or it's going to be like Mueller. That's like, but and then I was like, oh yeah. no, she's going to do, she's going to do Sophie all the way. Like hundred percent. And that's my pick. I actually, I wrote about it for the ice garden. It was my pick 1000%. And like, I remember picking it and someone in like the, I think it was Mike. Mike was like, oh, that's such a good pick. I'm mad. I didn't even think about it. Um, but then yeah. I was like, oh, but she might go with Mueller. Um, but why Mueller? I think I know why, but why do you see Mueller being your pick? Well, I think if you're gonna, like, if you want to build a team right out of the gate, that's going to be like, like, if you want a championship team first year, like win it, you want someone who's going to score goals. And I feel like if you're building towards a more sustained model where, okay, maybe we're not going to be good or perfect right out of the gate. Maybe we're not going to win right out of the gate, but you know, we're going to be a team that's good for a long time. Then I would pick Sophie Jakes. However, Sophie Jakes does score like a lot of goals. So you can't really go wrong. But for me, I would pick Mueller. I also think she kind of comes with like, like you mentioned, like Jakes is pretty underrated, even though she did win the Patty Cass. I think a lot of people just look at like a defender and are kind of like, okay, well, you know, she defends. But with Sophie Jakes, you're getting a lot more than that. However, Partially because I wanted to be dramatic and surprise you. Um, <laughs> that's why I picked Alina. But also I feel like Alina is one of those players where she's going to be special and she's going to stand out really wherever she plays. A player like Sophie Jiggs who plays defense, you kind of, oh my God, sorry, give me a second. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> a player like Sophie Jiggs, um, you know, when you don't see her, like, that's when you really have issues. When you don't yes. notice that she's taking pucks from you, that she's forcing turnovers. Like, she's obviously lethal when she's scoring, but she's also lethal when she's not scoring. Um, but if you want, like, I also think from a fan perspective, maybe, like, Alina Mueller is a name that, like, a lot of people know. Um, not saying that people don't know Sophie Jakes, but I think if you're going off name recognition alone, and scoring ability alone, I would go Lena Mueller. However, like if it's one, two, first two picks in the draft, like you should not be. It's got to be them. Overall pick. Like it's yeah, it's got to be them, right? Like like fresh yeah. out of college. Like if that's who you're, like how you have selections. Like if we were, yeah. if the draft were to be not only like they're gonna draft players from like who have played in previous leagues and stuff, but it was also, like, another draft of, like, okay, like, we're going to do an entry draft, like, where it's, like, players fresh out of college. It's They got to be one-two in some sort of punch, I mm-hmm. would guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know how they I wouldn't be. It, wait, <laughs> it depends on, um, like, where your team is located, too. Very true. Like if That's you're a like, very good point. If you're, like, in Toronto and you have number one overall like, oh, are you're you taking really, Sophie. Are you really going to go <laughs> over, like, the Toronto native who is, like, art? Yeah, you're taking Sophie all day. Yeah. No. But, yeah. like, if you're, like, Montreal and you're, like, well, mm-hmm. like, I don't, like, not that you would be obligated, but, like, you're, like, I want scoring. Um, yeah. I don't have particular, like, hometown, like, affiliation. Like, mm-hmm. 
I mean, I feel like it's also pretty strong in Montreal. So, like, if they had first, they could go pick yeah. someone from Quebec. Um, yeah. But, you know, I feel like Toronto, like, there's a team in – even London. Like, if London is another mm-hmm. rumored location, like, it's Ontario. Like, you kind of Yeah, you got you to gotta do it. Yeah. I feel yeah. like with, with Mueller, too, like, like we – both have said like Sophie kind of just like flies under the radar like she's unreal and she's like well she doesn't fly under the radar but she's the best defender college hockey's probably ever seen let's be real um she's fantastic but like Mueller just comes and it's like just a matter of like how many goals she scored and like her success with the uh Swiss team and stuff like she comes with this extra swagger to her too like it just seems like Mm -hmm. she's like I'm who I am and like I'm just like you want me on your team kind of thing and I feel like if you're starting a franchise with that one player like there would be hockey execs out there that are definitely going to want that as well so that's such a that's such a toss-up that's really hard (laughs) I didn't even think about how hard it would be to decide between the two let alone just picking one but I mean like if any if any like professional women's hockey teams like need need some insight want me to like help them with their hire and Hire Anna call. as your scout and shoot, shoot, whatever shoot, else she yeah. wants to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and chatting. And I feel like, I don't know, I feel like college hockey is something I don't get to talk about very often. And like, I feel like I'm very, especially over the last few years, very focused on like the professional side and being able to jump into um, an area where like, again, I know for the most part, what goes on, but I don't know, like, the deep depths. Uh, that was really special. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on and for indulging me in talking about my, like, like hyper, like, fixation passions. I appreciate I appreciate getting I love hearing things to, that, that make people happy and, like, what's their, like, actual, like, uh, like their dream jobs and what they've done. So again, thank you for sharing that. Um, thank yeah. you all for listening. Um, reminder to subscribe and like on Spotify and Apple pods and YouTube and all that fun stuff. Um, and check out some of the other ice garden work and check out Anne's stuff because Anne is great and you should be following her and clicking all her links and stuff. <laughs> all right.